0: Alright, we're rolling now. Alright, that's exciting. Gonna count us down. Alright. Three.
1: Uh, oh. Two. Spooky, spooky shit, spooky shit. You're
0: listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be music, television, movies, books, spoken word, experiences. And we introduce that to each other and you, the audience, and we talk about how it's built us up as people. Oh, I get what you're and doing. And we hope that it builds you up as people. Oh, you're turning it into a bit. That's- it is the retrospective that is
1: introspector. Uh, oh, oh it's, it's, it's a ghost pun. It's a ghost pun. It's cute and seasonal. Yep. It's very, it's very timely. Very,
0: uh, <laughs> very good. Very good. This is the uh, third in our Witching Out series. Hashtag Witching Out. Hell yeah. We talked about uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. We talked about the witches. This week, we're talking about the classic Hocus Pocus. The Hucks and the Pucks. Indeed.
1: Um, yeah. Our, there's definitely been a progression of uh, least Halloween-y to most halloween
0: Oh, yeah. For sure. Because um, this one takes place on halloween itself it gets it gets real in the weeds uh in terms of like witch
1: lore yeah for sure for sure definitely the most like you could argue the most witchy or the most stereotypically witchy of all of them also uh i think a progression as far as the uh alleged treatment of children Uh in the story uh from kid friendly from the witch's perspective To we're literally going to suck out your soul until your soul well is dry and then you will be dead and we will be younger because you are dead. Yeah. I would argue that's even darker than we're going to turn you into mice because we don't like you.
0: Maybe. I mean, if anything, it's just them trying to sustain themselves. A witch got to stay pretty, you know what I'm saying? Right. And sometimes kids have all this extra energy. Why not just bring them down a little bit? Why not keep yourself sustained for a little bit? Sure. You know? I could see that. Yeah. If I could eat the souls of children, um, you know, I'd be like the Dexter
1: of, of like, soul-stealing. I'd be like, you've been a bad kid. Like you've got them wrapped in the plastic on the table? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really, that's a disturbing image. Yeah. Just like Michael C. Hall leaning over them, like.
0: uh Uh-huh. Stealing (laughs) all of their essence. (laughs) Um, but all these children are clothed.
1: Yes. Every single child yes. is clothed. Very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, 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 very sure. important. No naked, no naked children. No, only, only the bad children. Only the bad kids. Yes. I've, I've seen your future. <laughs> <laughs> Dad Dexter's a precog in this version too. Oh, of course, he knows. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not what you've done. It's what you're it's going what to you do. Will do. And at a certain point, he just gets relaxed about it, and it's like what they might do. <laughs> and then it's like he starts profiling people. Turns out Dexter's a huge racist. Oh, yeah. And the show takes an even darker turn. <laughs> but it's very topical. Deals with some very, uh, some hot button issues. Definitely. It's a lot of attention for it. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, there are a lot of thing pieces about how its uh, treatment of some of these issues was problematic. Oh, it's, it'll, it's always problematic. <laughs> oh, man. Because um, I'd like
0: to imagine it's not even like just race. It's like. He, uh, He's like the Sherlock Holmes of this world where he's like making all these assumptions based on like little details and he's like well based on the way your hand is shaking it, you must be an alcoholic and you being an alcoholic I can tell you're a family person so you're destroying your family and so all alcoholics are bad and all families will be ruined by your actions and now you must die child and it's like
1: I'm th- five <laughs> yeah what what do can... those words mean <laughs> yeah can it, I get it, off it, this table <laughs> I'm hungry. Oh, man. Are we there yet? <laughs> we will be there soon. <laughs> That's a weird sound you're making, mister. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yep. Oh, we, we went go. down a rabbit hole. There's some um, weeds. I, <laughs> there we go. Jumping, jumping right in them.
0: I feel like it's, it's, there's a slim chance that someone who is listening to this podcast hasn't seen Hocus Pocus. But if they haven't, Lex Michael... What would you say this movie is about? Ooh,
1: it's, uh, it's about uh, an actress named Bette Midler who showed up on set one day to play a witch and asked herself, how massively can I play this? And the answer was pretty massively. Yeah, to the max. <laughs> and that's what this movie is all about. Uh, no, so if you, uh, yeah, if you grew up in the 90s, this this movie whether or not you were a massive fan this movie was around i feel yeah. like this movie was hyper present if you were a 90s kid right so much so that people have internalized it and it's since become almost a, a religion for some people like every october almost as much as halloween is a tradition oh i'm gonna watch hocus pocus again this year really is like it's like a religious observance for some people yeah um and i for the first time i really got it. Like, I grew up with this movie, too. I'm not a diehard like some folks, but I like it. I have a, I have a fondness for it because it was such a fixture in my childhood. Yeah. This is the first time, not that I am I had a religious awakening, but this is the first time I think I got why it was uh, so easy for some people to make it such a fixture in their lives. It's a weird movie. Yeah. It's a weird movie. It's a silly movie, and there are moments that, that shouldn't, Play, But do because they're so specific, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like there is a specificity to every weird moment in this movie. And I think that's part of why it so resonates with people the way it does. Basically, the movie is about again, if you're one of the like three people listening who don't know what Hocus Pocus is or is about. Uh, three witches, the Sanderson sisters, uh, what, 300 years ago, uh, around the time of the Salem witch hysteria, they were sucking the souls out of little children in an effort to stave off old age and eventual death. They were hunted down by the townspeople of Salem. They were hanged. 300 years later, a virgin lights a black flame candle in their house uh, and they rise from the dead to seek vengeance on uh, the children of Salem and to hopefully uh, suck out all of their souls in an effort to, I guess, stay young and live forever. To suck out more souls from all of the children not a great long-term plan because if it works eventually you're going to run out of children and you'll still die maybe but if you if you live long enough maybe you 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 live far enough into the hypothetical future where you can genetically engineer more and more and more and more children indefinitely or you go to a way darker place where the sandersons have to set up like breeding farms that's true. Or, I mean, I think that if you do, enough... the breeding farms are not in the movie. No, by the way, they're not. the th- the, the witches are ultimately <laughs> defeated. If you If you were unsure whether or not this 1993 Disney family film ends in breeding farms, uh, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> well, I think that
1: that gives the three people out there who haven't seen it are like shit
0: i was in and then you told me there are no breeding farms it's you gotta wait for the sequel it's all (laughs) in the sequel like the sanderson sisters come back again and then uh but they win from the beginning and we're living in the world post sanderson sisters right and they're like the um the three empresses of this world and they're like bring more children clap 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 and then they essentially just keep sucking their souls out and at a certain point they too are children and then uh, they have to suck their own souls out like it
1: becomes this like, it's like, like an yeah. yeah wow it's crazy that's the sequel. Wow! Um, so it's, it's like <laughs> the human centipede of Disney family films. Yeah, of course. Pretty soon, is everybody just in a ring, ass to mouth sucking <laughs> each other's souls out? <laughs>
0: uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hideous. Gross. Um, I, I mean, I think that like, um, I don't think they'd ever really run out of children to consume because. I think that, like, the human spirit will always lead us to be like, we're going to persevere. And even in this dire situation, let's get to fucking. And then they have kids. Oh my God, that's the
1: sequel uh um, <laughs> hocus bogus too let's get the fuck hell in. yeah um or it's like disney realizes now they own at least 50 percent of the media market in the entire world they can't fail they go Wh- whatever fuck it that is what we're gonna call this movie because right. we can now take infinite bullets and it will not hurt us <laughs> yeah they're like who's gonna censor us the fcc we, we are yeah, the fcc we just bought the fucking fcc <laughs> we're good guys like go just Title, title your movie. Title it like "Princess and the Frog 2." Fuck you, shitstick. This <laughs> is what we're doing. I mean, you at get least it. we get a princess and the frog 2. Yeah. Uh... It's just them <laughs> sitting around like a cards table, smoking and drinking and swearing at each other. No coherent thoughts. Just. Fuck, like, they're reacting to their hands and whatnot. It's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, shit, like, stuff like that. That's the whole movie. And yeah. Disney's like, you wanted more R-rated content? <laughs> well, here it is. At one point, like, arbitrarily, some dude just walks by in the background with his dick out every, like, 15 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> no one acknowledges it. He's just, you know. No, just, like, wanders. He's back. If they do Hocus Pocus 2, that's how we bring back Doug Jones. <laughs> we just have him walk. It's just the Billy, again, he's even more decayed. But, like, he's just walking back. It's just background of shots. Yeah. Nobody's ever like, hey. They kind of know he's there, you know? Yeah. They're not surprised. But just, you know, back and forth. It's like Dr. Manhattan style. Like, it's just swinging back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, it's it's always better if no one really acknowledges it, you know, because you don't want to get too, like, self-referential. Right. You know, you just want to let things exist. Treat your audience... Like they're adults, you don't want to handhold them. Yeah, you want to really let them discover that penis, right. all by themselves. Yeah, and like you know? they could, they could totally see a dick. Yeah. yeah, and if they
1: miss it, it gives rewatch value. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like where in the frame is this dick? It's all over. It's like a, where, it's like gonna... a where's Waldo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they, they paint his dick. They paint Doug Jones' <laughs> dick like the red and white. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Put yeah. a little hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> but is this the one without the shoe? <laughs> jeez. Oh, geez. Um, um, Doug Jones, by the way, uh, great, great, always great to see him. He's uh, If you don't know who Doug Jones is, you should, and you probably know his work. Um, well, well-known, well-respected, beloved uh, character actor, best known for playing kind of creature characters. Yes. Uh, collaborates with Guillermo del Toro a bunch. He played Abe Sapien in both Hellboy movies. Uh, David Hyde Pierce was the voice of Abe Sapien in the first movie. Second movie, Doug Jones got to voice the character he was physically playing. Yeah, but also more recently, played the Fishman in The Shape of Water, mm-hmm. which a lot of folks now have seen. So, like, if you've seen Shape of Water, he's the Fishman. Fishman was the zombie guy in Hocus Pocus. Whoa, mind blown! Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, yes. Uh, <laughs> you were saying? Um, something about uh, breeding farms. I think it was. I was
0: saying that we wouldn't need them. I was saying no.
1: that, like, you know, the human
0: spirit will lead us to always have children, or they could just do one big feeding uh hang out for like the culling. a few hundred years yeah they're like we're good for a
1: couple hundred years and then come back and be like yeah
0: time for more children eating
1: it's a good point like if they live healthy lifestyles right like if they if they consume let's say i, I don't know 50 children a piece right there's 150 kids they're way more than 150 kids worldwide yeah so let's say they consume the right maybe they we don't really establish like i guess they de-age but would they keep de-aging all the way back to like childhood, so now they have their adult witch brains, but in child bodies. If that's the case, and they then age as normal uh, without consuming more, as long as you take care of yourself, that's a good like probably seventy, eighty years. Yeah. Uh, and then at that point, you know, like when your knee goes, yeah. you could be like, okay, time for a time, time for another yeah, culling. Yeah. yeah,
0: right. Or you just like do one big consumption. It's like how um, how you might do. A, uh, like a specific like diet where you front load a lot and then throughout the day or throughout the decades you uh just snack on a kid here and there sure like i think that's the best strategy to go with so
1: like you're you're more sustained over time isn't that kind of and- what that what a lot of dietitians will tell you it's like you want to eat little meals daily like multiple times like spread out throughout the day like little bits as opposed right. to big meals yeah um, I mean, they don't usually tell you to like front load, but that's how I do it.
0: Right, I'll eat like a big giant meal at the beginning of the day. Man, that's and that. Then, that's
1: that propaganda from the breakfast lobby. Uh,
0: I mean, you know, I'm all about it. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm the actual vice president of the breakfast lobby. Uh oh. Um, and also the vice president of the breakfast meeting room and the <laughs> breakfast.
1: <laughs> what? Are you you having a stroke right now? No. I just,
0: wordplay, I just played with some words. Um, But uh, me and the breakfast coalition really want to make sure that everyone's consuming a healthy breakfast in the mornings um, whether you're, you want to be very protein heavy or whether you want to get your grains and your dairies, um, you know, just always make sure you're, you're getting that delicious meal to start you off right and really jumpstart your metabolism. Breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. So this movie's got a talking cat in it. Uh, yes. So I, uh, I feel like in our, we, we, we kind of skipped over this little piece about like this kid, Thackeray.
1: Thackeray. By the way, for many years, I thought it must be Zachary with a Z, though. So? Because I, did, I was not aware that Thackeray with a TH is a name.
0: But it's cool. It's a cool way of naming someone. Is it? You know,
1: it's not Thackery Zachary. Banks?
0: My name's Zachary. Call me Zach. No, it's Thackeray. Hell yeah. You just defended the
1: entire Thack. Zachary demographic. Yeah. We were big with Zachary's before that moment. Well, we're big with Zachary's. We alienated like two-thirds We gotta of find the, our niche and our, our niche is Zachary's. Zachary Binks, thou mangy feline.
0: Oh, man. I, she I, plays it real big. Um, so an interesting thing about Thackeray is that the person who plays Boy Thackeray mm-hmm. and the person who does the voice of Cat Thackeray are two different people. Yes. Um, and which also, for vocal consistency, led them to ADR Boy Thackeray as well.
1: I, w- I will say, they I feel like they ADR'd it pretty well. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's noticeable if you're looking for it, for sure. Right. But if you're not, like, I feel like if you're just watching casually, I feel like it plays. But the, uh, the voice actor is... Um, It's um, uh, Jason. Jason Jason Marsden. Yes. uh, Who like I I know his voice from stuff like Lion King 2, Simba's Pride where he was Kovu and whatnot. Oh, yeah. 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 I know he did a lot of like Saturday morning cartoons. He's Max in the Goofy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: And he's Richie from uh, from Step by
1: Step. That's right.
0: Yeah. So like he he, for his live action things, he's always like the short best friend. Like that's his live action persona. Um, But like when it comes to. His like voiceover, uh, his voiceover library. He's all the kids. He's every if if you've ever watched a Saturday morning cartoon, he's been in it. Yep. Um, which is cool because like, uh, he did a really good job as the cat as well. Like there was there like I feel weird being like there was a lot of emotional delivery from that cat. Um, but there was like I think he played it really well and like the puppeteers did a really good job of conveying that as well. Um, I know that I read somewhere that they, they at first had the cat be very expressive and like have the like actual length of fangs that cats have, but it looked really sinister. And so they like shortened the fangs up and made the features a little softer. Yeah. Um. So that kids wouldn't be terrified by this talking cat. Right.
1: Who's supposed to be their friend. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I thought, you know, we have some, uh, by today's standards, maybe sort of rudimentary CG on the cat's face to kind of make him talk and make yeah. him sort of, you know, express... The way we need to express to see the emotion, um. But it, I think it right. It works. Like it's it that contributes so much to the performance is that even though it's a little bit let you know they didn't mo. It's not Andy Serkis doing motion capture as a cat. Yeah. Um. But it still it works really well. I was actually really surprised by how well a lot of the effects that we would have just totally CG'd everything today. A lot of the effects hold up for me pretty well yeah like there's a shot late in the movie and it's a pretty quick shot but uh uh Winifred is on her broom alongside the car Mm -hmm. and there's a shot it cuts to uh kind of a shot behind them looking forward at them and you see the broomstick flying alongside the car and it's obvious that it's a composite but it's a really effective composite not because you don't see the seams if you're looking for them but because it's still I don't mm, it feels so um I got nothing You know what I'm going for. I see it on your face. It
0: it still feels like um, tactile. Yes. Um, So like what would be now like a full CGI dummy on top of like uh, a CGI broom and they just kind of like throw it on top of the picture. Like she's actually on a broom. Like she's just in a rig in a different area. But like they come together because it's two separate real things in one shot. Um, And so it feels like she's it feels like she's actually there. Like you you have to go out of your way to be like, oh, yeah, good strings and CG. But like a lot of their uh, a lot of it is fairly practical, even if it is composite. Like there's the like there's the moment when. Um, Doug Jones opens his mouth and you see all those moths come which out. Which is a
1: great moment. Yeah. And that's a really specific choice.
0: Right. And it's real. Like, those aren't CGI moths. Like, Doug Jones is
1: like, I'm going to put moths in my mouth. I'm going to open it up and they're going to come out. Along with all of this powdery stuff. Right. Which is, you know, soot and dust and dirt from being buried for so many years. Right. Um,
0: and so, like, they they do a really good job of balancing the, like, the CG with the practical and even when they do like i'm doing air quotes like cg it's it's specifically like hand drawn um like cell cell frames yeah it's never like actual computer cuz like back then like cg like using computers wasn't super great um uh so they actually did like hand drawn cg which is really cool mm-hmm.
1: yeah that was the end. Of that, oh, that, was the, that was the end. Yeah. Okay, I was I was like, this is really interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so something that we have not talked about yet is uh, the protagonists of the movie. Uh, what you're making a face?
0: I just i I think that the protagonists are the least interesting part of the movie. They're just sort of movie kids, right? Um. So, like, here are the things. So here here are the protagonists. You have um. You have. Max. Yes. Uh, played is, by Omri Katz.
1: Yeah. And he's like the main boy in a new town. Yes. Omri classic Katz, 90s real, trope. Real quick. Real quick. Omri Katz. I was like, what what, have, what has he done outside of Hocus Pocus? Because I think if you've seen Hocus Pocus, he's Max from Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I, I wanted to look I jumped on his Wikipedia. His his big thing was pre Hocus Pocus. He was on Dallas for pretty much its entire run uh, as I think one of Jr's sons. OK, so that was I, he was the guy from Dallas before he was the guy from Hocus Pocus, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, So as you were saying, sorry, like you were saying, Max moves to a small town. Well, OK, yeah, it's it's a classic 90s trope. The small town in question, of course, very specifically being Salem, Massachusetts. Right. So I think I've mentioned to you, I lived in Salem for about a year. Yeah. Um, And spent a bunch of time there when I wasn't living there while I was in Massachusetts. Um, They this, there are moments in this movie where it feels like Salem. Yeah. And those are of course the moments where we're doing exteriors kind of during the day, which is when they did actually film in Salem, Massachusetts and in uh, Marblehead, which is like the next town over Mm -hmm. the rest of the movie was shot on sound stages in Burbank. And there are again, like it doesn't take you out of the experience because it still very much fits the tone. But if you're kind of, if you're looking, it's like, Oh, right. We're there are a lot of shots where we're not really seeing the environment. We're just, we've got a street and we've got a couple of storefronts here. Right. Um, but yes, the, the daytime exterior shot in Salem and in Marblehead. But living in Salem for the year that I was there, like if if you can imagine the, the uh, hocus pocus diehards that actually live in the space, how much more hardcore they are likely to be about it. Oh, I would imagine. It's a lot. There's like because, you know, there's a sense of like hometown pride
0: in the same way that like everyone in this movie has like their their like witchy hometown prior where they're like haha Sanderson sisters so cool. Well it's what, a big you're thing. You're a skeptic bro. <laughs> it's the big like
1: they're the they're the witch city. Right. Like they the 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 town self-identifies as the witch city and there's a big Wiccan community there and there are all the old houses and the witch museums and all you can do the witch tours there's a pirate tour.
0: Uh-huh. Uh
1: but that's all that is all very authentic to Salem. It, but it feels weird to me. Well, it is weird. Um, cause no, like, not a judgment weird, a weird like a fun weird. Much like Hocus Pocus is. Like, I don't use weird as a pejorative in case it came off that way. I was using it in a mid way. In that,
0: like, to, to, to be the witch city is to be like, like na- if you name a massacre and you're like, guys, we are Massacre City. I don't know if you guys know this, but we like we killed a lot of people unjustly like, oh, my gosh. Can you believe how many people died here?
1: Wow. Two points. uh, Yes. Directly off of what you just said. So, one, they're very specific about not calling them the Salem Witch Trials, but calling them the Salem Witch Hysteria, which is actually far more accurate because that. Those you know those weren't trials right there were no real trial justice was not the goal it was uh, we can other this person and kill them with no consequence Right Um. so they're very specific about that which I actually think is kind of cool Um. and in, uh, probably the right call Yeah uh, just so so we know what we're talking about <laughs> the other thing and I think it's really funny that you say it's really odd to want to own that so much uh, Based on what I came to understand while I was there and somebody will correct me if I'm mistaken but to the best of my understanding most, if not all of that, took place in what is now Danvers, not okay. Salem. Interesting. So they owned some stuff that isn't even necessarily all theirs.
0: But that's even weirder. I mean, I
1: guess all of it maybe was Salem at the time. Yeah. But when you, if it was me, I'd be like, um, Yeah, <laughs> you're feel- still you're still sharing this with us. <laughs> like it still it still did happen there. You call yourselves whatever you want. You could call yourself new. Justiceville <laughs> and, like, and you still you gotta shoulder
0: some of this with us nope they're like mm, Salem that's where all that bad stuff happened not here oh man and that's we- the end of that <laughs> chapter
1: <laughs> they're
0: like we're Danvers like Supergirl ah, you know you guys like superheroes <laughs> right
1: we're, we're renaming the town Cantor. <laughs>
0: Oh man. Um, so I, anyway, I just I thought that was interesting. Um, I just, like
1: that. I liked that there was no joke in what I just said. There was just a reference, and we both giggled anyway. Because
0: you know, it's we, like I know what that is. It's <laughs> a moment of connect. Also, it there's the irony that like. Kandor is the lost city, and you're just like, "Yep, we're Candor. Can't find us. Ooh, we're gonna,
1: we're gonna own this thing instead of that thing."
0: <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Oh, you know, when, 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 uh, when, when Krypton was going down, we were like, we got, we gotta get out of here. So, you know, we weren't into that bad stuff, like uh, bad environmental taking care of. We're Candor. We're so much better than the rest of the area." <laughs> yep, that's Candor. Uh... We welcome to Candor where you can endure the injustice. Hey with this candor. <laughs> Who is this? Is this the
1: mayor of Candor? Why this is does like, he sound like this? This is like this is a <laughs> someone
0: from uh Former Salem, now Cantor
1: City. Sounds like the owner of a pizzeria. <laughs> hey, don't stereotype but Like me. a New York, a New York, like hole in the wall <laughs> pizzeria, and he's been doing it for like thirty years. Yeah, but he's real. He's like real surly, and most of his diet is his product. Of course. Yeah, he's like I eat vegetables. They're on the pizza. <laughs> that is like and like <laughs> meatball subs. <laughs> Only pizza, meatball subs, and cigarettes. Oh, That's geez. it. Um. So.
0: We, uh, we were talking about the protagonist, and we were talking about Max, and so there's this really big piece of this movie where everyone is really harping on the fact that Max is a virgin, and like Max is like maybe 14, 14, 15, 14 or 15, and everyone's like, yo, you ain't fucking yet? Like, what's up? Hey, you ain't got down in some vagina, yo, or some butthole? I don't know what your sexual orientation is. <laughs> like Actual, which,
1: actual dialogue from the film.
0: Yeah. It's weird, and it's most of weird it's from scene. his little sister. Yeah, his little sister by, is like what? played by
1: Thora Birch.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and but like yeah, and so his little sister is the other uh, protagonist, and she the mo the mo the first moment you meet her is when she's hiding in his closet when he's he's definitely about to like jerk it to this girl right. he just met. Um, and she comes out and she's like, oh, you're thinking about this one girl and how hot she is. Treat me like that girl. And I'm like, no,
1: I mean, she was, she was making fun of him, but yes, it's, it's weird. But honestly, this is, it's lightened for me because this is one of the relatively rare films about kids where the kids they cast actually read more or less as the ages they're supposed to be. Yeah. Like, especially, uh, Danny, the sister's. Name right? That's her name. Yeah, I just watched this Danny. again. Uh The Thor Birch. Uh, that's her character's name. Danny Dennison. Thor Birch. That's what he says in the entire the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> at a I can't point, believe you. Right at a certain point, they gave up trying to get Omri Katz to call her by her character name. This is like, <laughs> all right, well, Thor Birch in the script now. Um, but she, of course, she reads like the age she's supposed to be. So it made it feel less weird because it felt very much like the way a little girl might make fun of her older brother. Right.
0: Um. Yes. But that also made her
1: super insufferable. Um, yes, this is a big thing for a lot of people. Even people who love the movie find her far, far too grating for their palate.
0: A little, like, I think that it's just that, and maybe it's because I find um, eight, nine-year-olds insufferable. Um, maybe that's a thing I'm learning about myself. Sure. Um, but, like, there's this moment when they go into Allison, who is the love interest, her party, and uh, the one of the first things that the little sister says, "Is oh, you're Allison. My sister love, or my, my brother said he loves your uh. What I don't remember what the, uh, the weird uh, what name is it, yabos yabos. Uh, he's like, yeah, you must. Say-. My brother said he really loves your yabos, which is like the weirdest way of being like, y'all. My brother thinks about your breasts all the time. <laughs> he's like, he. I almost caught him earlier. No, I'm just about to touch himself to your breasts." And it's like, wow, let's end this now. Yep. yep. Yeah. Let's shut, let's shut this down a little bit. <laughs> I just, it, it, it and because I think another piece of it is that, like, there are also these, uh, there's this other moment where she says something to the effect of, like, um, be a man and do this thing. And it's like, honey,
1: don't perpetuate that stuff. Don't, right. don't, right. don't do this. Granted, granted, on the one hand, she's like, what, seven or something? And this is a what, 1993? Yeah. We were less woke in 1993.
0: It's true. I mean, so this movie was originally written in 1984, um, and it was shelved for a really long time because, um, like, the writers wanted Spielberg to do it, and Spielberg was like, That's right. I'm not working with Disney. Right, cause I'm my own thing.
1: Right, because he, he saw it as competition or a competitor for Amblin, yeah. if I remember correctly. Um, So, like,
0: I, I think it definitely has like the 80s sensibilities 80s was very sex crazed like
1: it was all about everybody was coked up dude. oh dude like everybody was coked up all the time
0: well yeah but especially in like teen movies where it's all about like the the kid trying to lose his virginity and become a man and all that stuff you watch revenge of the nerds lately it's rapey it's very rapey it's rapey yeah and like even um, what's the movie with Anthony Michael Hall where he gets the girls' uh, panties and all that stuff? Oh, um, uh, I want to say it's either sixteen candles. I think it's sixteen candles. Yeah, and like even that, it's like troublesome. Um, so like I get that like the eighty sensibility of like everyone like virgin shaming is like a big thing. Um, I just feel like it goes real far, and they should have really tried to like. Write that out of the movie,
1: which is interesting because I, I guess they do mention the virgin thing a lot. They don't throw it in his face that often. It didn't feel to me when they throw it in his face, they throw it in his face, right? But yes, they do keep bringing up the virgin thing without necessarily being like you're a virgin, ha ha ha, stupid bitch.
0: <laughs> I mean, there is this mo- one moment when they meet the fake cop, and the fake cop is like, "Get on the curb, hey." You, you a virgin? Right. And they like sit in that for like 30 seconds. And he's like, gross.
1: Or like, he does, I don't <laughs> think he like, like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You a virgin, you must be stupid. Yeah, he's Kicks, like, I'm him. fucking all the time. And throws you know? him through the storefront window. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't a virgin, this wouldn't have happened to you, Max. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't then know he, my like, name. He starts like waving his arms and he flies off into the sky, like <laughs> backwards flies off into the sky. <laughs> Like,
0: what the fuck? Who the fuck was that guy? (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez.
1: And then you hear, like, from way off in the distance, dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Max spends the rest of the movie crying. (laughs) Like, he still goes through all the business, but he's just like. (laughs) Um. I uh, yes.
0: So so we meet these very specific conditions. Um. That are mostly propelled by Max's virgindom. But like they well, but- list out all the different things that are needed to bring the Sanderson sisters back. Like it has to be on Halloween. Right. It has to be during a full moon. Right. It has to be a virgin. Right. Um. And then one more, which I don't remember. Um. But all of these things need to be met. In order for the Sanderson sisters to come back, and then they only have that one day in order to uh, get some children's souls; otherwise, they're going to die by sunup. Yes. So, if someone had lit the candle
1: on like uh, Halloween 1st. Day, yeah, on November first, no deal. Right. Not a full moon, no deal. But you're right; like even daytime on Halloween. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, because it mean, was nighttime when they were there. Yeah. Because the sun burns them up, so it had to be nighttime when they were there. So, right. yeah, they could have done it at like one thirty. Nothing would happen. Yeah, yeah. So cr- crazy times. Or like if it was uh, uh what is Jay and Ernie? Clearly, those guys fuck a lot. Oh, if hell it was yeah. one of them, nothing would happen. I mean,
0: I'd like to imagine that Jay and Ernie are a really nice, like couple.
1: Um, like I ship them hard. And it was like a very, it was a more conservative time, and so yeah. they feel like they have to do the toxic masculinity thing. Oh, of course, to sort of shield themselves from the harsh judgment of uh, an ignorant society.
0: Yeah. Like, and you see it in their first interaction where, um, where blonde kids like, yo, this is Ernest. And Ernest is like, honey, I told you I'm going by ice now. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, honey, I didn't, I forgot, I totally forgot. I didn't mean to. Let me do this again. Okay. Is right, that okay? Right. And He's like, thank you he's like, yo, my name's Ice. Um, And it's like this really cute couple moment. is. You're like, yeah.
1: They're definitely there for each other. They definitely kind of pick up each other's vibe and they play off each other really well. Yeah. Like nobody yes ands like Jay and Ernie yes ands. Oh,
0: yeah. Like like, there's that moment when um, they're stealing people's candy. Right. And like they're basically just doing bits. And like the other is laughing so hard because it's like you imagine it's bits that they do at home. Like because – Ernie is just doing. He's just mocking uh, Max. He's like just repeating what he says in a weird way. Right. And uh, but he works on that voice. At but home. he, wor- oh, he yeah. works on the voice. He definitely. The does. moment.
1: The moment where they're like. Hollywood, oh no! And they grab each other and both go, oh! You know they practice that shit at home and they're just waiting for a time to like bust it out. Right, of course. Yeah, it's like, when do we get to mock somebody as if we're supposed to be scared, but we're not? Let's have one, let's have one ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you always, if you're an actor and you're auditioning, you always wanna have a monologue in your back pocket. Totally. You know what I mean? At least one. So they've got a bunch of these. It's like, all right, we gotta work on the timing, because wouldn't it be embarrassing if like we jumped into each other and like missed, like your hand went into my shoulder instead or something? So let's work out all the kinks ahead of time so that we're ready to go. We're show ready. Yeah. It's interesting
0: because I actually imagine it being more that like they do that together all the time. Like anytime, like when they're hanging out, it's like one of the, you know, like when you're a long term couple, you develop all these like inside jokes. Yes. Um, That like no one else gets. Right. You're just like, it's it's just you and I. Um, So like. I like to imagine that when they're hanging out, like maybe one of them will see a mouse and they'll be like, oh, no. And it's like a cute little thing that they do. And then they, they uh, did it together in front of this guy. And he's like, this is just weird. And they're like, oh, no, he, he's not in on the joke. Let's, let's take a shoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's their panic response is <laughs> to steal shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really, yeah. It's a sweet story. It is, and they go. They're they're together in the easy times and the hard times.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: they end the movie. Li- they literally end the movie in cages. Yeah, which is actually pretty messed up if you think about it. Like as bit. far as Max knows, he takes his shoes back and leaves them to die. Yeah, and kind of laughs about it. He's like tubular. You're gonna get <laughs> at best. You're gonna get stabbed in the throat. Yeah, awesome.
0: You guys deserve this.
1: I mean, it's actually it's it's the subtext is that. Uh, Max is a virulent homophobe oh of course and he is. has no he has no compunction oh no about all. about othering folks and treating them as lesser uh, But they persevere in the end they do survive yeah presumably somebody's gonna go back there to like because it's a museum I and mean, it's an old It's a shut down museum yeah, but presumably eventually somebody's gonna like walk past that area like there's a hiking trail nearby I think yeah as long as you know, they They do it soon They'll, they may be, they'll be found. I mean, humans can go without
0: eating for like at least a week, um, and like, so I think that like they'll definitely be found before they starve to death. Like, maybe they'll get tetanus from those cages, but like, other than that, they mostly just have to wait until like the police show up because there was a break in. Um, and then like, I assume at some point someone will be like, "We gotta go, stupid kids did the thing," and whoever owns. The museum will go in and find these two kids and be like, bah fucking kids
1: doing pranks on Halloween. Yo, Frank, found a couple of dead kids in here. <laughs> <laughs> the story actually is a very tragic thing. <laughs> but they've died holding hands. <laughs> no, oh my god, no. They can't they can graze fingertips, <laughs> but they can't, they can't touch. Oh
0: no. It's Come on. It's horrible. <laughs>
1: I try to bring light into this whole situation, and you just just take it away. This is a crushing movie, but very bold for 1993.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I want to talk about the sisters themselves. Yes. For me, they were the highlight of this
1: movie. They're the whole movie. Yes. They are. I mean, it's the entire Bette Midler's performance and the pure size of Bette Midler's performance is the movie. I mean, that's by far what everybody thinks of first it's, there's no other there's almost no other element that's worth discussing in comparison the whole <laughs> thing is how big she chooses to play this character
0: well yeah i mean and i think that also the way that they are essentially like the three stooges in which form
1: yes so this brings up a really interesting point so i watched this again i watched it this morning in preparation for the show and yeah. I've, I've seen it so many times um was watching it with my girlfriend. Who obviously is the same, same age range, so w- it was also a big thing when yeah. she was growing up. But she never got it the way other people got it. And we started talking about why. It's the kind of movie where like everybody would be hyper-obsessed, and when everybody else was talking about it, she would just kind of be quiet. Uh, we started exploring the reasons that might be, and apparently she was uh, identifying so much with the kids, with the protagonist, that she was actually considering everything that happens in the movie and how legit horrifying this stuff is. And it uh, occurred to me that it had never occurred to me to read into it that way because The Witches being such over-the-top cartoons always robbed it of any real, like, visceral, truly scary stakes. Yeah. It feels very much like nobody is taking it too seriously. Right. In a way that always kept me from going, no, like, like they're going to eat these two kids and Max just left them to die because they bullied him. Yeah. That's pretty dark. It's true.
0: I mean, I think that, like, I started to feel that when I was watching it the other day, like, um, just the moment that they return and how, like, after he lights the candle, like, the the ground starts to swell and, and they they come sweeping in in such a boisterous way. And, like, everyone's hiding and they're just like, I smell children. Like, there's, there's such a... Um, Like, they come in like a whirlwind, and there is a very terrifying aspect about it, especially this idea of going from not believing that witches exist to having, like, literally just raised the dead. Right. And then no one
1: believing you, because it's such a far-fetched concept. Right. Like, that was something else that really tripped her up watching the movie, was how horrifying it would be to know this thing is true and no one believing you. Yeah. And not just not believing you, laughing laughing right in your face about it right and that's what makes that moment the moment where we lead into uh of course like if you got Bette Midler in your movie yeah have her do a number when we're leading into that that turn like what kind of motivates her to to do this song and dance is he tries to out them in front of everybody and it's this moment where like if you really read between the lines it must be this awful dark moment for Max because he realizes oh my god no they're they're turning this back on me. Everybody's laughing at me. Everybody all of a sudden not just doesn't fear them, but, like, loves them now.
0: Mm-hmm. They just
1: made a room full of not just friends, but fans. This backfired about as hard as it possibly could have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then, like,
0: that cop comes back down from his flying position. <laughs> it is like, He's clearly turning into a bird up. gradually.
1: <laughs> 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 He has more. He's not. He's like a weird bird person hybrid. <laughs> uh, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. The, the <laughs> cop comes
0: back and he's just like, didn't work out well for you, eh, dumbass? <laughs> just like having <Evan> sex.
1: <laughs> hey, if evil. you were a virgin, you'd be smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would have hated that song. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Max. Oh. Smacks him with a wing.
0: <laughs> but it's true because, like, I, um,. I've always had an issue with this song and dance number. Really? Um, Why? Because it bothered me that, uh, like, I like it in a vacuum. I don't like it. I mean, like it's a
1: great it. number in a vacuum.
0: It is. But I don't like it as part of the movie in that, like, they spend a lot of time at the front end being like, what's a road? What's a bus? What's this? How does everything work? Are these goblins? Are you and are you hung
1: up on how does she know the song? Yes. Okay. I always I had this same question forever, and this is the very first time that it occurred to me. The dude starts singing it and then continues to sing it in the background while like they're trying to warn their parents or whatever. So now what I guess canon is, is she because you know, she was looking right at him. She listened to about a verse of the song internalized it so completely that she could then riff an entire number accurate to what the full song <laughs> sounds like based on that one verse or so.
0: Right. But then also her her sisters who are canonically inept
1: jump y- jump in <laughs> and are like, can we get these two mics? Tight. All right. But I feel like they take all their cues from Winifred to begin with. So when she's up there, as soon as she goes, you, you like wags her finger like, come here. They're going to do it. They And they probably... I feel like they're they're very stupid, but they work as a unit because they're just intuitive enough yeah. to follow the smart smarter sisters lead okay the movie this is part of why too the stakes never felt real to me is because they're all canonically not that smart right Winifred is smarter than the other two, but think about uh at the end where they have to get the book and they trick them by uh uh you know yeah. making the light making them think you know daylight savings time. It it clearly isn't working because it's not the real sun. It can't possibly be working. Yeah. Nothing is happening to them. But they are all so quickly duped and they so just take at face value that they're going to die now that they all fall to the ground like, (laughs) (laughs) and they just lay there for a few minutes, I guess, waiting to die. Right. Not really not that smart a collective, but because Winifred is just smart enough and because I totally buy you know, like all right, we can headcanon like they're all sort of magically connected as well, and they can sort of feel each other, and like s- singing is sort of something that plays into what they do, right? Um, I, uh, that part of it is, uh, I guess so. We're, like, we're also we, like we're not in movie reality anymore. Once that happens, we're in this weird kind of meta reality at that point, right? I mean, and I guess the, when you explain it that way,
0: there's this moment earlier in the in the a uh, earlier in the movie. Where they're casting that spell on Thackeray. and she like starts, and then they also they kind of like background. jump in, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two, like uh, when they're being hanged, she's like, "Sisters, sing!" And they start. It sounds really more like a chant at a certain point than right. than a song, but like that sort of plays into what their shtick is. Yeah. We do hit the when they sing in that scene, I think some and somebody's like, no, don't listen to them, you know, cover your ears, whatever. Yeah. Same thing in uh in the scene, the I put a spell on you scene where uh Danny's like, no, don't listen to them. And I guess the implication being like you'll be hexed yeah. if that happens. But we never really explore what the consequence of listening to the song is, other than I guess if you read into it, you get hexed. Presumably that's why the parents, maybe they'd be stuck at the party forever. Yeah. Because you gotta dance until you die. So I guess maybe that was the effect. Like now they're all hexed and now they'll be dancing forever right all right i mean
0: well yeah because they they so would they have danced forever in stuff. salem in the 1800s well i don't think that that was the spell i think in the eight in the eighteen eighteen hundreds, 1800s
1: whenever 1700s yeah,
0: the whatever 1600s um
1: dinosaurs <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the dinosaurs, I think the dinosaurs would sort have of came in and they would have been like, it's time to dance. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> why? why? <laughs> Who's this? That's the that's the, dinosaur. That the choreographer? Hey, guys, I'm a dinosaur and I'm here to dance. And I just hope you guys like the dance that I'm doing. And I hope that you guys pick me to be your favorite dinosaur. Um, and it's right before the meteor comes down. <laughs> and he's like, you all right, guys. You it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Boom. laughs> go, 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 go. <laughs> oh that sucks died happy yeah, yeah at least I in his take final, the light away
1: too but that's true but that's true though his final moments were of validating success yeah so worse worse ways I guess. or plus know, the meteor must it must have been quick that's true
0: unless um unless dinosaur simon was waffling and he's like he's like well that was absolutely dreadful. Unless you were intending to make me feel good about <laughs> myself, and then, but like you only got halfway through it. <laughs> right,
1: right, yeah. right. He was he was going to pull a reversal on you, but you only got up to the you you got the setup, but you never got the turn, and yeah. then your life ended. <laughs> so in your final moments, it was actually a crushing uh, repudiation of everything you dreamed about. <laughs> So actually you'd invite the meteor at that point I would think. Exactly. So it's a win-win. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um yeah, all right. So that that definitely tracks enough for me. Actually, because that tracks enough for me, I'm kind of happy they didn't stop the movie cold to explain what was happening cuz it's it's there. Yeah, it's all there. So it does um, enough there's enough there that it informs that number happening. Yeah. It does feel real modern. Mm-hmm. in compared to everything else that we've seen from them before and we'll see from them afterwards. Right. It does feel like, yes, we definitely stopped the movie to give Bette Midler a number here. But A, I think that number works like gangbusters in a vacuum. And B, there's enough that the rest of the movie offers that contextualizes it to a degree that I'm okay with it. Okay. On I top can... of which, I'm so goddang familiar with it being there. Right. I keep um, stepping on you, I apologize. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um Can we can we edit that out so I look like less of an asshole? Nope. It's all it all stays. Damn it. It all stays you like, can you like lower one track if that happens? <laughs> I could. Yeah. You could but you don't. I could. But you don't.
0: Yeah. Alright. I don't know. This is why no one likes me, Tari. (laughs) Everyone likes you. They're like, keep Tari from talking. He just says bullshit. (laughs) Did you hear the dinosaur Simon thing? (laughs) Keep him from saying more. (laughs) Uh, No. Um, I I like, so do you want to know what my favorite part of the movie is? Very much. Um, It's when we first meet the bus driver and the witches, he's like being real flirty with the witches and they're like, we're looking for children and he's like, it may take me a couple tries, but I'm willing to do it. Um, and I like this idea that this bus driver is like, I'm going to have sex with all three of you guys, and I'm going to put babies in you, and you're never going to see me again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this dude, uh, we, we both, uh, girlfriend and I, really reacted to this as well. Again, something I'd never thought of before. I was like, oh, okay. Like, as a little kid, I was like, oh, okay. He's like hitting on them, whatever. And I didn't really think about what, he was saying yeah um because you could if you're a little kid you could uh or if you're a parent of a little kid and they ask you about that line you could explain it away as like well they're looking for kids and it's like it's halloween so it's like well it may take me a couple of tries to find where the kids are right you know but no that's that's not what he means no nope. um, I, th- I actually think this actor is great in this tiny part and yeah. again i think the choices he's making as an actor real specific yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think that that is why the witches are so beloved as well. Like, and I think that's why all the performances are are beloved in this movie, because, like, there's never a moment when people are just kind of, like, there. People are always doing things. They're always, it. like... So there's this... The, the, the shot that really um, comes to mind for me is when um, Bette Midler is doing a very... Like, she's being like not melodramatic um but she she's doing a big thing um and in the background I think
1: melodramatic is
0: not inaccurate
1: i yes there are definitely shades of that
0: right um but she's she's having a fit um and like so you have her doing that. You have that's, Mary trying to comfort her. I was going to say Sarah I Jessica.
1: need I need more specific than she's having a fit because that could be at least seventy percent of the scene in this movie.
0: But it's like right out. It's when they're right outside the um the cemetery, and you have um Mary trying to comfort her, and then you have Sarah Jessica Parker in the background trying to climb the yes, fence. Yes. And it's just like everyone's doing something. Everyone's an active participant in these scenes, and that's how it is in like, just about every scene in this movie. Yes. Like, everyone is being so specific and being so, like, heightened in their performance, but they're also, like, always constantly making choices and, yes. and just, like, doubling down on them.
1: Yes, the witches are absolute cartoons, but they are played with such detail and such precise, specific decision-making that these cartoons feel... They really do feel like living, breathing people. Yeah. I mean, I people is maybe strong. They're still very cartoony. Right. But they feel... Real. They feel present and they feel like so, so, so much more than what I must assume these characters were on the page. Right. Because on the page, they just read as kind of dumb, goofy witches, I would think. Yeah. But once you add the layer of these actresses or this entire cast, really, bringing life to these roles and making the choices that they made again, these really, really, really hyper specific weird choices. Yeah. In the case of Bette Midler, real weird choices and real big choices. But so I'm, I'm. It's like a thousandth time I've used the word specific, but so very
0: specific and yeah. unique. I mean, I really like one of my favorite, bet bet Midler isms is how like aggressively she rolls her R's. Yes, like she'll be like, and it makes me happy because it's like one of those things that like when you're trying to be um, super refined. Um, that might be a way that you do, and it's, 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 right, super, it makes, it makes as it, in like,
1: how droll? Yes. Drrr, dr, I'm too dry. Drrr. Drrr.
0: Um, Drrr. But it's also it's like, it's informative about the character in that like, uh, Winifred being the, 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 the like smart sister. Right. Um means that she's always putting on airs and she's always trying to appear better than her other sisters, which is another reason why she would try to put that extra role in her R's and try to look more sophisticated. So it's like it's, it's such a layered choice.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Uh, turns out Bette Midler's good at acting. What? I know.
0: Crazy. Even with big giant teeth in her face.
1: Right. The teeth. The teeth. Yep, those teeth. Th- I hope those teeth. I didn't look. I hope those teeth got a separate credit.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Uh if if Headless um Bill can get his own credit, then uh ben Miller's teeth can also.
1: <laughs> the te- the teeth were played by um I don't know, like uh like a real young Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it the Disney connection Mickey? He was a Mickey Mouse Club kid? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: also, the teeth also don't eat cereal. Boom! Right. Really weird, super <laughs> specific dated meme joke. Oh yeah.
1: Uh, but two, you talk about the teeth, right? The look of these characters is has become so uh, iconographic. Yeah, that's a word. Yeah, totally. Iconography. Yeah. Iconography. So right. Ico- Icon- <laughs> what? It just feels it feels too clunky to be okay. a word. All right. Is to, we should we should I mean, find a new word for well, you iconographic. Just, you could short it,
0: shorten it by going. It's become iconic. Yes, that's <laughs> <a part. laughs>
1: We so we found it. We found a better word for this. <laughs> uh, yes, it uh, it has become so iconic. Uh, and it's really just these characters. There isn't too much. Uh, else in terms of iconography that is completely unique to this movie yeah. black cats exist in other stories uh, zombies obviously exist in other stories The the book is essentially the Necronomicon which exists in other stories right but the look the the character design the hair the makeup the costumes on these witches has become so iconic and it stands they really feel like um, it's almost like I, how I feel watching a, a Marvel movie Mm-hmm. And seeing, like, wow, it's like a comic book character come to life. It really does feel like watching, in the case of the Sanderson sisters, like, we took something that is so uniquely designed and so detail-oriented and so unique, and we... I said unique twice, didn't I? We'll edit one out. Sure. Uh, yeah, you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, uh, it really does. It feels like I, uh, a character that I knew already yeah. stepped out of another medium and into this one. Yeah. Does that I mean, make any kind of sense at all? No, yes, it makes perfect okay. sense.
0: Because it, it's something that you, when you're, when you're making a character, when you're doing character design, um, they say that, like, something that you uh, will help you know if your character stands out or is unique enough is if, you, if people can recognize it as a silhouette. Yep. Um, and these characters, I think that, like, they specifically, you could recognize them as a silhouette as individuals. Also, as a group, like you could, they, the, the way that their characters like move and are shaped, and, and also just like the way that their, their like dresses are flown and sewn together, like they make them so, you, so unique. Yeah. Um, and so like replicatable, um, that like, and so recognizable. Um, so like even when you see the, like you see the kids who are dressed as the Sanderson sisters in the movie, right. You're like, Yes, that is them
1: because it's so, um, specific. specific. <laughs> yes, exactly. 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 I have no problem believing that if I saw like, uh, the Winifred Sanderson design in silhouette. Yeah. Assuming that like her, you know, her arms were splayed out or something and you could see the the fabric on her cloak and kind of the way it splays out when she does that. Yeah. Because if not, if she's standing like really kind of hunched up with the hair, you might think it was Dracula, but if you see the clothes, especially if you have like, uh, you know, you see the hairstyles of her sisters on either side and all you see is silhouette, I have no problem buying that you would be able to identify them as the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, of course. That's good design. Oh, yeah. Good. You could play Who's That Pokemon with them and win every time. Damn. It's the Sanderson sisters. <laughs> hey, it's that guy again. Yeah, uh, Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall show up for a scene in this movie where for whatever reason they invite all three sanderson sisters into their home. I mean, I think he was also trying to hit. I uh, yeah. I think like he
0: and the bus driver like they were they they both had the same idea and he's like, "Yo, honey, let's get some some goodness going in here." It's the
1: pizzeria owner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what he sounds like. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> um, but that I mean, yeah, I think that he Was just like, yo, I'm going to get these three girls in here. I'm going to get the the youngest one off on her own and I'm going to dance with her and I'm going
1: to be like, yo, you want (laughs) to play a little devil witch tonight? Right. And they call him master because they assume because he's wearing a bright red, like leotard devil outfit that he must be the actual Satan. Right. Of course.
0: Why wouldn't they think that? I mean, it's they've they've canonically been to hell
1: so that's what he must look like that's the other thing too she's got a line right bet midler's got a line towards the end of the movie where billy's like go to hell and she's like oh i've been there thank you i find it quite lovely yeah why are you so worried about about dying when you just go back to hell a place you yourself profess to like a
0: great deal i mean but it's it's one thing to be just another person in
1: hell right it's
0: it's it's a cool thing to be like Powerful on earth you right, know
1: right 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 like part of it is just the malice of it part of it is just like the the lust for power and part of it too i suppose is if you go back to hell you don't want to go back with your tail between your legs being like yeah three kids and a cat yeah derailed the whole fucking thing everybody's gonna laugh like ha 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 ha, ha if you weren't virgins you wouldn't be so dumb ha, ha, ha. and they're like where'd that come from ah. he's now he's even like, more bird like Wow, the, the Virgin shaming bird isn't the character we thought would pop the most from this movie, but uh, well, he's getting a, he's getting at least three spin spin-offs.
0: Yeah, totally. I,
1: we it's a good thing we signed the bird actor for seven pictures. <laughs> And even in the sequel,
0: um, like there's a narration that starts the whole thing, and then at the end you find out it's just the bird guy, and he like he <laughs> he likes his he lights his uh, lighter the same way that Max does, and he lights a cigarette, and he's like, "Fucking Virgin,"
1: <laughs> and it flies away. Yep, that's how. it And works. you find out at the end of the movie, the twist you reveal in the sequence, the bird is Max from the future <laughs> like the fake cop who becomes the bird is future max yep. and he's so bitter about all of the choices that led him to that point that he actively shames himself he looks at his younger self it's like when you're truly uh truly controlled by your self-loathing looking in the mirror like looking at yourself you just feel this anger it's the same thing yeah. it just it just brings back up all of these feelings of like regret and and anger and failure and so he just hops around the timeline as he slowly turns into a bird yeah finding himself and berating himself over <laughs> and over and over and Ooh, over he's dark. like right it's pretty it's pretty far. <laughs> oh know, it's man a good movie
0: yeah it's a really good movie uh. um there's actually a, a an anime that if i said which one it is it spoils it but like there's an anime with a similar premise that uh, is really interesting. <laughs> Actually, a few. It's a big anime trope, I'm realizing. Huh. That's crazy. This
1: is crazy. Like, like, <laughs> like oh, my God. It's, it's there. It's there. The seeds are there in this movie, right? Like, his little sister shaming his lack of perceived uh, stereotypical masculinity. Uh-huh. And how, like, he blames, he blames that. And he still, he never learned to grow past the toxic masculinity, so the only way he knows how to try and uh, alter the course of his life is to belligerently virgin shame <laughs> his younger self.
0: Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, like, you know, dear future Max, just, like, teach yourself how to be comfortable with yourself, <laughs> you know? Teach yourself how to be ready to love and you you won't have to worry about. It. Teach yourself that it's okay to be a virgin, bro. He's also Come on.
1: he's also still probably pretty messed up once once he got old enough to realize the implications of leaving Jay and Ernie to <laughs> die. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's directly responsible for the deaths of these two kids. Uh that weighs on him too. Yeah. But he doesn't weirdly Doesn't go back and do anything about that. No, of course not. Just berates and tears down his younger self for
0: it. In his in his future, uh, Jay and Ernie are president and vice president, and so him leaving it really ruined the future, really just like destroyed everything. And he's been trying to fix it by like shaving himself into doing the right thing, and he's like, nope,
1: not gonna happen. Oh my god! Like no! Like in my in my head, right? In the future, Jay and Ernie are dead. Like they died there.
0: <laughs> well, but in his future, because like there's always an initiating
1: future, right? So yeah, in the yeah, in, yeah. right, all right. So what the future's supposed to be is they do they go on to usher in an era of world peace, yeah, perfect unity and harmony for all people, yeah. But this timeline, Max, left them to die, and they did. Uh-huh. But instead of fixing that, right, like, he just goes back and he's so, he's just angry, hates himself. He carries the guilt and the shame and the bitterness, and he just goes back and virgin shames himself. This means it's like self-flagellation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, we are running out of time. Do you have any last thoughts
0: about Hocus House.
1: Yeah, the, you know the other thing outside of the virgin shaming. The other thing he takes a whole bunch of flack for is being from California. Uh huh. Like even from the teacher. Yeah. Teacher's like, oh well, tell us, Max, from your California laid-back tie-dye perspective. <laughs> I mean, so being from the uh,
0: being from the East Coast, do you feel um, as aggro about people from the West as as they do? No. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, look, I would feel kind of bummed if you came into my class with that bad an attitude, I guess. Sure. But no, it wouldn't be your point of origin that caused the chagrin. It would be how come, we're all having fun. We're all having fun in this room. Why get a shit all over everything? Um, why get and why you get And then and then embarrassing, potentially embarrassing Allison by hitting on her in front of the entire class, which was super not cool of him. Yeah, I mean, but, you know,
0: that's how we Californians are. We're super duper Bold, bro. Do
1: you feel that you have a California laid-back
0: tie-dye perspective? Oh my gosh. So
1: I'm wearing a tie-dye
0: shirt right now.
1: I feel like I couldn't uh, pull off tie-dye if I'm being totally honest.
0: I, I've had one tie-dye shirt in my existence. That's because I was an RA and
1: they made me make it. Right. I feel like I feel like uh I feel like if it was like a, a leaned green or teal, yeah, I could maybe work with it. Like I feel like my eye color would kind of okay. complement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like if it was like the red and yellow and like the white and like the bright colors. I think I would look sickly. Maybe. I mean, I think that I do eat lots of avocado
0: and oranges, so like you know, that's that's a thing. I keep I keep my vitamin C real high. Hell yeah, vitamin C. You later, asshole. That's, yeah! that's, that's, God. That's that's the California way. That's it's, it's our it's our state motto, California. Vitamin. C you later, asshole.
1: Uh, it's not it's not that inviting. <laughs> we might want to talk. To yeah, get out. Tourism. Just, go, just go home.
0: <laughs> if you ain't from here, don't come here.
1: Oh, that's. This this unfortunate. Is the, this it's a California way. Oh man. Um that also the fact that <laughs> <We're a> sanctuary <laughs> state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh I also I also like that <laughs> Ernie and Jay don't know what Los Angeles is. They yep. know LA, but they don't know that it stands for Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, I mean maybe they think it stands for Los Altos.
1: Do people call Los Altos L.A.?
0: Um, People from Northern California do because they're weird.
1: That's super confusing.
0: Yeah. People from Los Altos will call it L.A. I know this because I lived with a guy who was from there and did that.
1: Yeah? Yeah. That's confusing. It is. Um, I don't like it. Change it. (laughs) (laughs) Change your behavior for me. I I will call him.
0: (laughs) Um, Maybe he listens to this. Um, But yeah. Okay. Uh, But would would would, would you recommend this to other people? Do you, th- do you think that it is as classic as everyone says?
1: You know, I, I would be super curious to see how it plays to somebody who's 10 years old now. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't know what... Like in the age of YouTube and social media, I have no clue what has happened to the brains of children. So maybe this doesn't play at all anymore. But if you, are, if you grew up in the 90s and you somehow missed this movie... Aren't you at least a little bit curious to see what everybody's been talking about? What you've been, wait for it, missing out on. Ooh. Mm, that's that's why we get paid the nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but but yeah, I mean I of course, I I think it's uh it was a staple of nineties, like early nineties family cinema. I think yeah. for that reason alone it's worth checking out. Uh but it's also it's really fun. And even though you might not walk away from it going, you know, this movie's the real Citizen Kane, you I think you got to tip your hat to the effectiveness and the specificity of the choices.
0: Yeah. I'd agree. I think that like I I don't I I personally don't think it would play with like the younger crowd. Um I mean, I think that like if they're super young like maybe like 5, 6 Um, it might be okay. Like it might be something they enjoy just because of the like cartoonish nature of the performances. I think that like, as you start getting into like eight to lower teens, um, I think that they'll just keep asking why no one is using their cell phone to talk to their parents and like, what, like, I
1: th- I don't think that they're... <laughs> I, wait, I just, wait, 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 you like, assume that now kids don't understand how time works <laughs> and technology? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I... Well, because, like, they grew up...
0: I don't mean to be, like, an old person, but, like, they grew up always having that, that technology. So, like, I feel like, in the same way that all uh, horror movies are... or all, like, slasher films are usually... R- would be ruined by the existence of cell phones, I feel like some older movies... Um, they like the, the uh, what is it called? Suspension of disbelief um,
1: is sometimes not there. I guess, but when I was a little kid, I never watched a Western going, where are their cars? I did. Did you? I was like, why aren't they there? Get them Model so T4s much, in this bitch. So much faster if you just drove a car. Yeah. They were like, I'm going to go get my Mustang. And I was like, yeah, boy. And then I saw Back to the Future Part 3 and I was like, that's the shit I've been talking about. There's a car in this one. <laughs> this guy's smart. And then it doesn't run. Yep. Mm. Uh, I'm just saying.
0: I just I just feel like the suspension of disbelief, it wouldn't be there.
1: But May, why maybe, don't you guys tell but, me? Right. Why do don't you tell me? Let us know if. Yeah, you really don't understand the concept of technology evolving over time. Like, if you're if you're a kid,
0: if you're a kid, let us know. If you're an parent, show it to your kid. Let us know how they reacted. Yes. Go on to Twitter. Uh, hit us up at Missing Outcast. M I S S I N G O U uh, T C A S T. And let us know. Let us know how your kids, or if you are a kid, let us know what you think of Hocus Pocus and if it like resonates with you.
1: Um or if you're a, a grown ass adult and you just never saw it, let us know Honest, how you feel about yeah, it. I really wanna know like if you were if you were a nineties kid and you missed it and you come to it now for the first time, I I really wanna know how it plays. Yeah. So if you're listening and that's you, um say something to us. <laughs> say <laughs> I, something, say something. I, I was <laughs> like, you know what? There's a real smooth segue here and I'm gonna go the other way with it. <laughs> I'm just gonna drop the ball as hard as I possibly <laughs> can right right at the end uh lex what if they only want to talk to you where do they find you if they only want to talk to me they can find me all over social media at the lex awesome if they only want to talk to you where do they go they
0: can go also to twitter but at tari j t-a-u-r-i-j-a-y
1: and if they want to go through our highly sophisticated social media ai to talk to both of us simultaneously that is missing outcast M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T.
0: But you can also talk to both of us on the individual platforms that you consume this podcast on, whether it be iTunes, Google Play Store, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Overcast, or Podbean itself. Um, if you leave us a comment, uh, and if you leave us a rating, we we will read your comment on the show. Um, if you leave a rating, we will appreciate it. Uh, and we will go, hey, thanks. We don't know who you are, but Thanks. Um, So you'll still get that shout out and it'll be real tight. Um, But also, we just like hearing from you guys. Um, You can also hit us up on the Missing Out hotline, which is 978-MISS-OUT. The number again is 978-MISS-OUT. And leave us a voicemail. Let us know your name and what you're into or any specific comment you have. And we'll include it on the Missing Out Mondays segment that we do every Monday. All right. Uh, so I've been Tari J.
1: I have been, and despite my best efforts, will likely continue to be Lex Michael.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. See you next week. Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wiki Ship Down podcast.
1: We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is pure editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us.
0: While you're at it, follow us on all social media at WikishipDown. I'm Ruth Ann.
1: I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.